let's pray before we go any further and let's commit the rest of the meeting unto the Lord seek the Lord's face for, for his word Lord we just come before you Lord and we thank you Lord for your tabernacle Lord we thank you Lord for your people Lord that you've brought in Lord to your tabernacle Lord to hear your word and we just pray now Lord that you will be glorified we pray Lord that you will be exalted Lord and you will have your way in the lives Lord of your people Lord you will do what you want Lord here this morning Lord and the Holy Ghost will move and brood Lord this is your meeting Lord this is your people this is your house and Lord we're here to hear from you Lord Lord we pray that you'll take over Lord we pray that you'll be glorified and you'll be exalted Lord we ask it Lord in your lovely name Lord Amen A song of the steadfast. A song of the steadfast. Psalm chapter 11. The hymn book of Israel. And you've maybe come in this morning to God's house. And you're anxious. You feel stressed. You feel a depression coming upon you. You feel it's coming or it's there already. And you're fearful. And you're wondering what way to turn this morning. You've seen global events that have moved swiftly. As recently as yesterday. Through the night and into this morning. And it's made the situation worse. In your soul. And how you feel. But in Psalm chapter 11. This is, a, this is a psalm that David wrote. And he would have given it to the Levitical priest in the temple. And David wrote this psalm. And David would hand it to the priest in the temple. He would say, put music to this. And sing this in your temple. A time when David was being persecuted. A time whenever David was under severe pressure. And people were being hostile to him. A time whenever Saul would seek to kill him and take his life in 1 Samuel chapter 19. But David from experience and from experience of life pens this psalm and he gives it to the chief musician. And he says, you take that and you sing that in God's house. You sing that in God's house. Let's read the psalm. Psalm chapter 11, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold his eyelids try, the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares. 
fire and brimstone and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. And about three weeks ago, the Lord brought me to that psalm. And it's only now that I know why. It's only this morning. You see, the Lord makes no mistakes. The Lord's timing is perfect. And the Lord knows everything. It says in verse 1, In the Lord put I my trust. David declares it. Singing in the temple. Singing in the Lord's house. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to the mountain. David is declaring that his refuge is in the Lord. You say to me, flee David. Flee as a bird to the mountain. Things are getting out of hand, David. Things are getting out of hand. Run, flee. The enemy is close. Those around him were in fear. Those around him were in despair. Those around him were panicking. Those around him were anxious and stressed. Those around him had knee-jerk reactions. A knee-jerk reaction is never good. And if you have people around you who are fearful, who are panicking, who are stressed, it's going to rub off. Sooner or later, it's going to rub off on you. But David's declaration is this. In the Lord put I my trust. You're here this morning, brother. You're here this morning, sister, and you're stressed. You're fearful. You're anxious. There's a depression coming upon you this morning. In the Lord put I my trust. That's what David says. That's his declaration. And he asks a question. How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to the mountain. In the Lord do I put my trust. The root word of refuge is the Hebrew word makake. It means refuge, makake, which means a shelter, which means a storm in danger. David is saying, if I'm going to run, if I'm going to run anywhere, it will be to my makake. It will be to the arms of Jesus. It will be to my shelter. It will be to my refuge. And it will be to my protection. I will run to my makake. Everybody's advising David. David, it's getting hot. You better run. The enemy's surrounding him. David says no. David declares in the psalm, in Psalm chapter 11 and verse 1, David declares, Sing it in the house of the Lord, in the Lord put I my trust. My Makake, I will trust in the Lord. When everything else is falling down around me, when everybody else is panicking, when everybody else head goes into the spin, David says, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in my refuge. I will run to Jesus. You want to run anywhere this morning, brother? You want to run anywhere this morning, sister? 
You run to Jesus. He has the answers for it all. You see, it's natural to have a knee-jerk reaction. And it's natural to try and sort situations out yourself. But it's supernatural to run to Jesus. Because he's a supernatural God. You have problems this morning. Run to the supernatural. You can go to men for advice. Just flesh and blood, that's it. The dust of the earth. It's the supernatural that you need to go to. Don't try and sort things out yourself. It'll be a mess. You're blood washed, blood bought. You're a child of God. He's your heavenly father. Run to the supernatural. Run to the supernatural to sort out your issues. David is surrounded by friends. Maybe friends that mean well. Maybe people that aren't really his friends at all. And they're giving him bad advice. Maybe some good friends who mean well. Good friends who mean well. And they're giving, they're giving David advice. But their advice is ill-advised. You're going to have good friends around you. And they're trying to give you advice. But ultimately you need supernatural advice. From a supernatural God. Who supernaturally saved your soul. Is it not so? It was the supernatural that saved your soul. So you go to the source for your advice. Your heavenly father. You see the enemy will try. And fill you with distrust. Be careful who's around you. Be careful who you surround yourself with. The enemy will try to fill you with distrust. And argue you out of your confidence in God. Be careful who you surround yourself with. Especially in this day and age. David says, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to flee. He says, I'm going to run to King Jesus. I'm going to run to King Jesus. And Psalm 18. Psalm 18 and verse, and verse 1, 2 and 3 will read. This is a psalm to the chief musician, a psalm of David. Who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies. And from the hand of Saul. Listen to these verses of scripture. Sung in the temple. I will love thee. I will love thee. Do you love the Lord this morning? Do you love the Lord? Come on. Let, let's, let's get down to it. Do you love him? Who first loved you? Nailed to the Roman cross. Shed his precious blood. Took your punishment. Do you love him who first loved you? I love him. And I will serve him. I love him and I will serve him. Do you love him? Do you love him this morning? I love, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of thy salvation and my high tower. 
I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. And I read that. And then I started to underline different words. Listen, I'll read it again, only in a different way. I love thee, strength, Lord, my rock, fortress, deliverer, my God. Strength, I will trust thee, my buckler, my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who saved me. And I read that and I went, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to go to church this morning. Because, you know, I haven't heard from the pastor or the elder for a while. Okay? That'd be so. Do you remember the text messages? Do you remember the phone calls a few months back? I remember that, yeah. But nothing happened. So what do I do in that situation? I go to the supernatural because that didn't work. You see? And maybe your pastors and maybe your elder are on their face in the middle of the night and they're bringing your name before the Lord and they're crying unto the Lord and they're saying, Lord, I tried. I tried. Nothing's happening, Lord. You know them. You saved them, Lord. Here's their name, Lord. See, you go to the supernatural, you see. You think nothing's happening. The pastors and the elder are on their face in the middle of the night. And they're crying unto God for your situation because they care. You see, the natural doesn't work. We have to go to the supernatural for, for your life, for your soul. And in the night watches, and the Savior says, get up. Get up out of bed. You see, the Lord doesn't slumber or sleep like we do. And the Lord says, get up. There's people you need to pray for. And you're sleeping in your bed and you've gone cold and you're backslidden or close loved ones who aren't saved and you're crying out on your face and you're saying Lord will you save them will you revive them will you bring them back Lord I'm afraid there's nothing I can do they're slipping away Lord it's only the supernatural that can change the situation I can bang my head against the brick wall all day long. It's not going to change anything. It's the supernatural that changes it. It's the supernatural that changes it. It says, he is my rock. He's my shelter. He's my strength. He's my immovable object. You can't move him. He's my buckler and shield. He's the horn of my salvation. He's my power to save. What a saviour. 
what a saviour. And David declares it in Psalm chapter 11. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain. David says I will flee to Jesus. The rest of you can do what you like. He says. I'm going to Jesus. My rock. My shield. My fortress. My buckler. My salvation. My redeemer. My saviour. My lord. My God. My father. He shed his life's blood in Calvary's cross. For someone like me. That's where he says he's going to. In verse 2 of Psalm chapter 11, For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. Privily means secret, or in the Hebrew it can mean in darkness. And I wrote cowards. Cowards. That's how I would describe them. And the people around David here, they're saying, David, the bow's bent. The arrow's on the bow. Your enemy's ready to shoot, but they're in darkness. You see, you can't see them because they can't face you. You better run, David. You better flee, David. The arrow's on the string and the bow is about to be let loose. But David would rather face what is ahead than distrust God. No matter what you do in your life, a blood-bought, born-again believer, trust God. I don't care what it is. You stand your ground and you trust Him. Trust God. Don't let your head go into a spin. No knee-jerk reactions. I just don't know the situation. No way. Maybe I don't, but He does. I don't need to know. The supernatural knows. He's the one who can sort it out. He's the one who can change it. David would rather face what is ahead than distrust God. What faced David was imminent and evil. But when faced with these, he called. He could brave the dangers. He could face the enemy. No need to flee. When you engage prayer and faith, it engages God. Prayer and faith together. And you have the ear of God. I see you, he says. I see your faith. I hear your prayers. And I'm pleased with it. Leave it with me, I'll sort it out. The Lord stoops his ear. What's that? A brother, that sister, do you hear the prayers? Do you see their faith? I'll sort that out. I'll sort it out. The supernatural deals with it. The supernatural sorts it out. Impossible is not in the same sentence of faith. When God is with you and he is in the situation, impossible does not exist. Nothing is impossible to God. Nothing. And I believe it. I believe it. When you have faith in Christ, when you're focused on trusting in God, nothing is impossible to God. Nothing. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. In verse 3, it says in the chapter 11, if the foundations be destroyed, 
What can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And this is important. And I need you to get this. The victory of the wicked here seems to some people, not David, to some people around David so complete. Flee, David. The enemies there, David, they're ready. They're in the darkness. You can't see them, but they're ready to destroy you, David. And people around David, and it seems so complete in verse 3. It's finished, David. It's over. But in verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? There's a question. What can the righteous do? And the victory seems so complete. And there's nothing you can do, David. It's over. Like today, when the leaders of society reject basic principles of mercy and justice and God's laws. Psalm 82. Turn to Psalm 82. Just a few verses. A psalm of Asaph, who was a Levitical priest in, in, in the temple. He would have been one of the chief musicians. Psalm 82, verse 2 and 5. Listen to the words. This is important. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah, pause to think. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course today. All the foundations of the world are out of course now. Right now. But in the verse 2, it says, accept the persons of the wicked. And that means an idiom, if you want to put it like that, an idiom of words, or it means the thoughts and attitudes of men. So you have an idiom. And the air is filled with words. Somebody just comes along and fills the air with words. Put words all over the place. And the idiom also speaks of the thoughts and the attitudes of man. And the idiom means to say something that you don't mean to get your way. I'm just going to walk in here and I'll fill, I'll fill the place with words. And before I walk out, I'll have got my way and nobody will know what I mean. Does it sound familiar? Does it sound familiar? I'll fill the air with words. I'll fill the media. I'll fill the, 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 the news channels. I'll fill the radio station with words. I so that people won't know what's going on, but I'll still get my way. That's what that means. That's what it means, an idiom. To not say what you really mean is happening. And to fill the air with words and to allow for confusion. To allow for confusion today. The foundations are shaken and there's confusion. The air is filled with words. Just speak words. They'll not, they'll, not, they'll not know what's going on. That's what's happening today. In verse 3 of the Psalm 82, 
defend the poor and the helpless or the weak. God holds them in authority, especially responsible for defending the helpless. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1. And God is speaking to Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 1. And let's read 16 and 17. This is what he says. And I charged your judges at that time saying, Hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment. There it is. No respect of persons in judgment. It's done in righteousness and done properly and in order. But ye shall hear the small as well as the great. You'll hear the small as well as the great. And there'll be no favor upon anybody in the courts of God. They both will be heard the same. And in righteousness and in righteous judgment. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man. There's the idiom. Don't be afraid of the face of man. No favoritism in the house of God. They're both the same and I'll judge in righteousness. That's the way I'll do it. That's what he's saying. For the judgment is God's. And how the judgment of God has been thrown out. Throughout the land. The judgments of God have been thrown out throughout the land. And everybody can see for themselves the state of the place. The judgment is God's. And the cause that is to hard for you, listen. Bring it on to me and I will hear it. See Westminster and Stormout and the doll. Bring back the judgments of God. Bring them back. And you see if it's too hard for you, he says, bring it to me. Close the doors. Nobody's leaving till we have heard from God. Close the doors. We, we, we can't deal with this situation. It's too much for us. Close the doors. Everybody on your face until we hear from God. And you see, if that came back in the land, we wouldn't be in the state we're in. We would not be in the state we're in. We'll hear from God and he will answer it. It's too much for us. That applies to your life, you know. Again, everything's spiraling out of control. I'm so anxious. I'm, I'm, I feel as if I'm depressed I, 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 and I can't, I can't focus. <coughs> Let before Jesus, the supernatural, and leave it there. You ever done that? Yeah, I have. And I'm, I'm going off course here, but I'm going to, I'm going to go down this road because it's, it's come into my head. So I feel the Lord leading. A long time ago, something happened to me. I'm not going to go into the detail. And it was destroying me. And it would, it would have killed me. There's not too many people know about it. It would have killed me. Literally, it was killing me. 
head was in a spin all over the place. And I decided to protect people when I should have been protected, but that's there here and there now. So I'm dying inside physically and mentally. Physically and mentally. And this is this this happened a long time ago. And I decided to protect people. And it was killing me. I, I, I would have been dead, literally. I, I, I couldn't have coped. And I said, I've had enough. Enough. I'll never forget it. One night, I just, out of my own, in the house, and I just wept before the Lord, and I says, Lord, this is going to kill me. Take it. Just take it. And I laid it down. And I didn't pick it up again. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't. Sometimes you can go and you can lay it down and you, you're away again and you've lifted it. I had to. Lay, I had to. I had no choice. Do you know some? I slept like a baby. <laughs> the first night's proper sleep in a long time. I slept like a baby. And I woke up with a smile on my face and I said, it's over. It's over. And I felt the relief. And then I was able to live my life the way I was meant to live my life. Is that you this morning? I've been there. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough. You know what you need to do? Let down. Let down. It's over. Jesus, take it. Lay it at his feet and live your life in power and glory that you're meant to. You're meant to live a powerful life glorifying Christ. Things happen. Uh, is, is it a bed of roses for the believer? Of course not. Things happen. Lay it down. Let it go. Lay it at his feet. I wasn't even, I just came into my head and I just, I just went with it. Verse 3, we've talked about Deuteronomy and defending the poor and no favoritism in the courts of God. In verse 5 of Psalm 82, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. Out of course are made to stagger. The foundations of the earth this morning are staggering. They're unstable. They're out of course. The power used for authority and justice and mercy of God is the foundation for stability in creation and humanity. The creator is the power. The creator is the authority. The creator is who we stand on. But when the creator is removed, the foundations are shaken. And the foundations of the world are shaken this morning as we sit in this tabernacle. Shaken even more so in the past 24 hours. Because Christ has been rejected. And evil is in the world. 
But Jesus is coming back. I watched the news yesterday, wee bits and pieces. And I was distraught at what I saw. Distraught. But then I looked up. When you see these things come to pass, what does he say? Look up. For your redemption draws day. I'm excited. You know, I used to dread Jesus coming back. You want to know why? Because I wasn't ready. I was terrified. You see now, I can't wait. I can't wait to behold him face to face. And I'll fall and I'll worship him. And I'll praise his holy name. Who redeemed me and gave his life's blood for me. Jesus is coming back. Sooner than you maybe think. I thought to myself, am I in the generation that won't see the grave? Am I in the generation that won't see the grave? I maybe think so. I maybe think so. It's neither here nor there. Because you'll resurrect me anyway. But am I in that generation, Lord? And I'm excited. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back maybe sooner than you think. Look what's happened the last 24 hours. Flick the switch. Flick the switch. In verse 4, David answers it all in Psalm chapter 11. Listen to the verse. What a verse. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids thry the children of men. David's declaration is Jehovah is in his holy temple. That's his answer to it all. You see David, you see in this psalm, he's grounded. The Lord is in his holy temple, he says. And you can say what you want. And you can speak into my ears. But David's here. And his face is towards God. And he's like, God, steadfast. Unmovable. Where does he get that from? He gets it from his God. He doesn't get it from man. He gets it from his God. The power and the authority of the Holy Ghost is in his life. And David said, I'm not budget. I'm staying the course. David declares Jehovah is in his holy temple. The Lord is with him and his people. Just as sure as the heavens are above your head this morning, in this tabernacle, Jesus is for you. Just as sure as I can see the clouds when I go outside. Just as sure as I see the sun when it's out, the stars at night. Just as sure as those stars are above my head, Jesus is for me. Jesus is for me. It's sure. David declares I don't care what you say. I trust in Jesus. Jesus is in his holy temple. Jesus is on the throne. And David declares, I will trust in Jesus. Man cannot plot without knowing, without God knowing all about it. Satan might desire to have you, but Jesus is praying for you, your great high priest. Wherefore then should I flee? If we trust in the King of Kings, 
and the Lord of Lords, is it not enough? Is Jesus not enough? He's everything to me. You can keep your world and everything in it. You give me Jesus. You give me Jesus. Wherefore then should we flee? Why should God's people flee? If we trust in the King of Kings and if we trust in the Lord of Lords, the Lord is our Jehovah Nessie. The Lord is our banner, our mighty warrior, our victory. No need to flee, but stand and fight. Do battle and do it well. Our commander-in-chief is with us. And I wrote below that, you can't lose. I can't lose, and you can't lose. What do you mean? Well, if I drop here now, opposite from the body and present with the Lord, I can't lose. You can't lose. Jesus died for you. Jesus saved you. Jesus ransomed you. People get so focused on this world and the things of this world. It's not there. There's it there. What about eternity? What about eternity? Serving the Master in His glory, the new heaven and the new earth. Oh, but what about the earth? There's there. That's your life there. And eternity's forever and ever and ever and ever. Go on and on and on and on. With the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. He's wonderful. What a saviour he is. His eyes behold. See God never slumbers. And God never sleeps. When the world's sleeping. He's roaming through the whole earth. It says in Proverbs 15. Let's turn to it. Proverbs 15 and verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. You see, God is omniscient. He knows everything. He's all-seeing. He's all-knowing. He's almighty. He's infinite. And his his power knows no limits. That is God. That's God. He's all-powerful. He's infinite. He's everywhere. His eyes behold the good and the evil. You think God's not in control this morning? Of course he is. Of course he is. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the news channels and the media and the hype and all the words that are put out there. God is on his throne. God is in his holy temple. And God is in control. David declares it. And to all those around him, they heard it. David stands his ground. David is unmovable. His eyelids try the children of men, it says. He inspects their actions, their words and their thoughts. Do you know what that means? He gets it's like a, a microscope. And you put something under a microscope and you and you home in on it. And you're like looking at it and you're expecting it. That's what God's doing with the evil and the wicked. Their words and their thoughts. You see, we hear the words, but he knows the thoughts and he sees the heart. See, God looks in the inner. And God's inspecting it. 
and he's looking at it, and he has them under a microscope. The source of David's courage is his God. The God of the mountaintop, and the God of the valley, and we hear about that all the time, don't we? The mountaintop and the valley. But what about this one? The God of the battle. Oh, the mountaintop and the valley, I've heard, I like that, you know, I get that one. But what about the battle? Have you got stuck in yet? Have you rattled a few cages? Have you stood up for Jesus this week? Have you heard something and you've went, I'm not having that. This is what the Lord says. Have you rattled any cages to battle? You sat Israel in the battle. We might have to go to battle too. But we go in the power and the authority of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the power of this world is man in the flesh. My power is supernatural. My power is before the throne room of God and I speak and pray to him. And I petition the throne. And that's your supernatural power right there. And God says, I'll sort it out. I hear it. I see your faith. He says, you rest in me. David in Psalm chapter 11 was resting on the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. God is still on his throne. He declares it. Even in my trial, he's still in charge. The situation might have changed, but he's still God. He still reigns, and I'm still his. He's still God, and I'm still his. God is sovereign. God is in control, and God is above everything. You think this morning, what's going on? God is in control. Everything's falling into place. Verse 5 of Psalm chapter 11. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. The Lord trieth the righteous. The Lord tries his people. You know that. He sends trials, the refiner's fire. And I thought of a verse, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. And it says this, listen carefully, this, this is fantastic. That the trial of your faith, the trial in your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Your faith is more precious than gold. But trials come in. Though it be tried with fire, may be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see? You see your trial? You're in the refiner's fire. And it's for his glory. It's for his glory. That at his appearing, you will be ready. At his appearing, you will be ready. The refining fire, the trial of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ in your life.
to refine your faith. To refine your faith. And then I wrote two things. Trials bring new life to a dried up prayer life. Are you in a trial at the minute? Or have you just come out of a trial? Where were you with Jesus before that trial happened? Were you dried up? No Sunday mornings, no Sunday night, no prayer meeting, no prayer life, go on and on and on. And you're saved and the Father comes along and he says, there's the trial. You have children and they misbehave and you're the father or the mother. What do you do? I teach them a lesson because I love them. There is a wee trial for you. Sorts it all out. Your trial will fire up your prayer life. And trials bring you back to the feet of Jesus. Have you had a trial lately? From the Father? What happened before it? I was dried up and I wasn't going to church. I had no prayer life and I wasn't I wasn't reading I wasn't feeding on the word and I wasn't going to the prayer meetings and I wasn't going to church and I wasn't even praying and I wasn't lifting the Bible from week to week. That's why the trial come. Because he wants to bring you back to his feet and he wants to hear from you again. It'll only go on for so long. You're cold in heart this morning. Be careful. It'll only go for all for so long. And then you'll come along and you'll be trial. There you go. And then you're back to his feet. And you're crying all to him. But we should be there all the time. And I've done that myself. I've done that myself. I've gone cold. I've gone cold. There was a time you couldn't have beat me in the church. Sure, I used to go out the door with the kids. Let lay in bed. I've been there. And then the trial comes. And then you wake up. If you're cold this morning. He loves you. Come back to your saviour. Don't have the trial to come. It's not nice. When it comes. It's hard, tough. But it's for your own good. It's for your own good. You see the saints fall away. When they wander from under the shadow of the rock. And when you wander from under the shadow of the rock, you get scorched. You get burnt. And then you have to come back. Better just to stay there. Just stay under the shadow of the rock and cling to Jesus. And you wander off and you get scorched. I've been there. And then it has to be cleaned up. Stay under the rock. The rock Christ Jesus. In verse 5 of chapter 11. The Lord trieth the righteous but the wicked. And him that loveth violence his soul hateth. His soul hateth it says. God by his very nature opposes, rejects and punishes sin. David says if God hates and then I won't flee. If God hates them well, why should I flee? His trust is in God. If God is in the quarrel, 
it would be foolish to question the result. If God is in the quarrel, it would be foolish to question the outcome. The outcome will be for your good because he loves you. Don't question the outcome. Just just sit, sit in it. If you're in a storm this morning, you may be praying, Lord, take the storm away. What about sitting in it and just worshiping it anyway? Verse 6 of chapter 11. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. Snares means traps. Fire and brimstone pointing back to Sodom and Gomorrah, but also pointing to Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. We just turned to it. Revelation 20 and verse 10. And it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. And there's one word popped out to me there. It's deceived. Are you being deceived this morning? Let's, let's get down to it. Jesus is coming back. That's factual. That's going to happen. Whether you want it to happen or not, Jesus is coming back. So are you being deceived? Are you being blinded by the enemy? Are you being told this morning that yeah, you can do what you want? It's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back soon. The foundations are shaking. The earth's groaning. You're not saved this morning. You're being deceived. You're being deceived by Satan who wants to take your soul to hell. That's what's happening. You're backslidden. You need to get back on fire for Christ. You need to get back into the battle. His appearing is soon. I believe it. How will you be when you meet your Savior? I want to be on fire when I meet him. I want to be burning with fire. Holy Ghost fire when I meet my Savior. Embarrassed to meet Jesus. Oh, please God, don't let it be. Embarrassed. That cuts, doesn't it? He hung on that Roman cross and he shed his precious blood. When you meet Jesus, be burning with fire and passing on Holy Ghost fire for Christ. You meet him and you're embarrassed. Please, God, never let it be that I meet my Savior in Morrist. Verse 7 of chapter 11. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, his countenance, doth behold the upright. 
the righteous Lord. The Lord's righteous. The righteousness of God is his unchanging character. Deuteronomy 32 and 4. I'm nearly finished. Deuteronomy 32 and 4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. He's a rock and he's perfect. For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. That's who God is. His righteousness is his character. He's unchanging and he's the rock. And you're told today that you can come to Jesus any way you want. That's not what his word says. Jesus says you can only come through the blood of the Lamb. That's the only way. And when you meet him, what did you do with my son? Who I gave for you. Did you trample his blood under your feet? Or are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? What else will you give for your soul before a thrice holy God? What are you going to bring to God on that day? Tell me, what will you bring? Name it. What will you lay before Christ on that day? What will you give him? He owns it all anyway. He owns it all. What are you going to give him? They look for the blood. He'll look for the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for your sin. None. That's why the Father sent the Son, His only begotten. His Son, you're going to have to go. There's no other way. Rock. But you're glad he's your rock. Because I'm not a rock. Sometimes I'm like that. And then you come before him and you pray and you jump on the rock again and you stand. Jesus will love you. You're my rock, you're my salvation, you're my refuge, you're my fortress. His works are perfect. His ways are perfect and he is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is righteous. He is faithful and a God of judgment and justice. That's who God is. And David in Psalm chapter 11 stands on it. His countenance doth behold the upright. God is for you, brother. God is for you, sister. And his face is towards you. He's for you. Imagine having a holy God, a thrice holy God, and the creator, and his face is, is towards you. He loves you.
You have favor with God. Imagine. Can you imagine having the favor of God? I'm favored of God because of what he has done. Nothing to do with me. A doubt and out. Useless. And then the Holy Ghost comes in and you start to build. He starts to build you. Power and authority of the Holy Ghost in your life in 2023. That's what you need. That's what you need. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to get the fire. Empty yourself of yourself and let the fire fall upon you. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what you need. Filled with fire and passion for Christ. As David is in Psalm chapter 11. God loves the righteous. And he will defend you. God will defend you. Stay close. How close are you to God this morning? How close? Close. I want to be there. Right there. Pushing up against them. Close, close, close. And every time I look at this world, I try to get closer. Closer to Jesus. That's what you need. You don't need anything else but closer to Jesus. Closer to him. Tighter. When's the last time you heard from him? When's the last time you heard from the Holy Ghost? When's the last time you were in the closet on your knees crying for a closer walk with Jesus? Crying for your loved ones? Crying out for this world and this land? Weeping? Let's get real. David in Psalm chapter 11 his power and authority comes from Jesus because he's so close. He's walking with Jesus. He sees walking. Jesus is there and David's behind him like this. Walking the steps of Jesus. That's whose steps you want to walk in. Follow tight behind him. Follow tight behind Jesus this morning. And so a psalm of the steadfast. Steadfast means unwavering. Don't waver. Look what's going on. Yeah, I know, I can see it. But Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Don't waver. Stay fixed and have a resolve. Have steel in you. Power and authority of the Holy Ghost. That's what David's drawing on here. That's why he says, take the psalm and sing it in the house of the Lord. Take the psalm and sing it in the house of the Lord. My trust is in Jesus. My trust is in Jesus. Be steadfast. Be unwavering and have a resolve. And you want to be loyal to anything or anybody. Be loyal to King Jesus. That's who you need to be loyal to. Loyal to King Jesus. The Psalm of David. A hymn for the steadfast. This morning. In 2023. God bless you all. Thank you.